This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, motherfucker, people. Good morning. Hello. Happy Thursday, January 20th. 20! 22. The cough is better today. <coughs> sure it is. Um, <laughs> whatever you say, stud. Wound up at urgent care yesterday. I'll explain that. Urgent care or the emergency room? Which one do you prefer? We'll talk about that. Obviously, we got to talk about Jackson Dart. SEC versus BYU. Go Coats! On um, BYU Radio. Uh, we'll talk about that wow. coming up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll talk about uh, Jackson Dart visiting BYU. We have to talk about African Americans versus Americans. Apparently. Wait until you hear the major, major racial bomb that was dropped in the Senate yesterday. I mean... We don't talk much politics on the show, as you're aware. Mm -hmm. We could not overlook this one. U.S. Americans. I mean, this one. (laughs) My guy. (laughs) (laughs) See? It only took Miss America to throw me into a coughing fit. U.S. Americans. That's unbelievable. Wait until you hear the soundbite we're going to play with this. Because I just, I'm at the point where... On this show, we have really tried not to talk politics. Right. Right. Now that, um, what does Tanner always call him? The Twitter tangerine Oh, the tangerine, machine. the tangerine Twitter machine. Yeah. Now that Donnie's going to jail and stuff. Uh, I'm did, not a big fan of Fox. Yeah. Did you hear about that yesterday? Yeah. He, They're releasing the records, he's bro. He's in trouble, dude. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, yeah. we try not to talk politics on this show because it pisses everybody off. Dude, stick to sports, fat ass. Damn liberals. Prick. Um, so we <laughs> we really try not to talk a lot of politics on the show, but this one today, dude, you're missing the lead on the show. What's you're that? missing the best part about last night? Shout to Mobamba. Mobamba. How do you not mention Mobamba's Mo performance? Bamba. Come on, that's one of the. Maybe we should make a T-shirt about Shout that. Shout to Mobamba. Mobamba. Shout to Mobamba. Hey, by the way, we're down to six <laughs> T-shirts left, or seven. Seven. Something like that. We only sold one yesterday. Let's go, you cheap fucks. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. U.S. Americans. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, totally kidding. You are. No, you're not. Um, so we've sold just about 20 shirts now. So let's 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 wrap it up, because as soon as we get under, you know, one zero, no shirts left, we're going to. Order up another one, and we're trying to figure out what we should put on that shirt. It's either shout out to Mobamba or Jake breaking up with somebody over text. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll do that. You know, he broke up with you over text message. He did. You did. By the way, did you see that that girl? Um, you know, uh, Instagrammed at your uh, grandmother. No. Yeah. What? She did. What? Kid you not. Yes, she she commented on a post. Yes, she did. This is news to me. Yeah. Your ex-girlfriend is insta- What did she say? Insta snap facing 
she wanted to know how you were doing and um, if it still bent. Are, to the wait, left. are you being serious? I am being a hundred percent serious. Okay, I, I don't. I, I have to see this to believe so this. So, our, our my my lovely mother-in-law came out yesterday. Well, she announced that she had a boyfriend. See, that came out wrong. Bet you weren't expecting this one. Yeah. <laughs> my mother-in-law came out yesterday and announced that she was in a relationship. Wow. Um, and on that Instagram, there it that is. That makes there that it is. wild, There bro. it is. There it is. The girl that Jake broke up with over text commented on that post. I really don't care if you think it's us. <laughs> ah. Wow. Love it. Wow. How, how does that make you feel? <clears throat> Um, <laughs> don't start. Does that make you feel vulnerable? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know. What am I supposed to feel about it, dude? I mean, it doesn't upset me. I just am, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I was unaware that. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It really is not a big deal. So we'll talk about that topic later in the show as well. But let's start with the Utah Jazz. Um... We have been really uh, on this story for the last week or so, and we've been working our sources behind the scenes, trying to figure out what is going on in the Jazz locker room. And we were told last night that there is a significant riff in that locker room really centered around Rudy Gobert. And the, the story is it has been explained to us is that Rudy has been voicing his displeasure in the locker room with defensive struggles as well as the team's, I don't know if you would call it inability or their unwillingness to feed him offensively in the post. And this has become quite an, an issue in the locker room for the Utah Jazz. And it's created kind of a riff. And the two main targets of his frustration have been Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. And now what you're seeing is that chemistry on this team, as we've been telling you for well over a month now, is a real significant issue for this ball club and yesterday night that was on full display the Utah Jazz got embarrassed at Vivint Arena against one of the worst teams in the NBA the Houston Rockets and what this loss does is blows up the narrative that the team only lost to Detroit because well it was without Rudy Gobert well now you had Rudy Gobert and you didn't have Donovan Mitchell and you got humiliated at home against the Houston Rockets. And mm -hmm. I think there was no doubt in that game, Jake, the lack of chemistry was on full display. Yeah, I just think they're not playing together. I, I think the team is playing individual basketball. They're playing a lot of one-on-one -on -one basketball. And I think, you know, it's just the more and more I watch this team, the more and more, you know, we hear the stories about, about Gobert and, and Don, you know, and the team having, having issues, it just makes me feel like, you know, a lot of change is coming. That, And I know we talk about this every single day. I know that this has been the conversation every day for like two weeks now. But every time you lose to one of these teams, you know, a team that you should beat, you're at home. There's no excuse to shoot as poorly as they did. Uh, and frankly, to allow the Rockets to shoot as well as they did. Uh, there's no excuse for playing this poorly. I don't care if Donovan Mitchell's hurt. You've got plenty of other guys, you know. And I just think that this team is really going through some pretty serious adversity at this point. You know, the players, the, the Mike Conleys of the world, are going to tell you, oh, it's no big deal. We're just going through some stuff, and we'll figure it out, and it's not the end of the world. But I'm here to tell you that that's a bunch of garbage, man. I'm here to tell you that what else is he going to say? Is he going to say that the team is burning down and they got to trade everybody? Well, no, of course not. So I just think that, that 
you know, there's a lot of different ways that this situation could be handled if you're Danny Ainge and, and Ryan Smith in the front office, right? I mean, you could you could fire Quinn and try to get a new head coach and do nothing with the roster. You could keep Quinn and blow the roster up and be bad for, you know, two seasons and then come back. I mean, there's no telling what they're going to do, but I just think this whole dynamic, you know, of what we're hearing with Gobert being upset that the team isn't trying hard defensively is a little misplaced by him because it's not as though he is the best player on the team. It's not as though he's, you know, the even one of the best players in the league because he's not. He's one of the best defensive players, but he doesn't have the total package, and that's what I think is tough, and that's why I think the team lacks accountability. You know, you had said something yesterday about, you know, hey, is what do we think is going on with Don? You think someone's going to walk up to Don and say, hey, you got to play better defense or else we're going to bench you? You know, like Don doesn't have anybody to push him. He doesn't have a reason, you know, outside of himself and his desires to be great and to take this team to new heights. So I just think the dynamic is flawed. That's what I think. I think you paid the wrong guy. I think that that guy and Rudy Gobert thinks he's sliced bread when he's really not by NBA standards. And I think that it's creating issues. And I just hope that the Donovan Mitchell wants to be a New York Nick after the New York Mets were tweeting at him the other day. I hope that narrative doesn't get sped up because of these struggles. Well, I don't think there's any question that this is not good in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you have two really, really good basketball players in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert that don't seem to like each other that much and don't seem to enjoy playing with each other that much. We've talked about this repeatedly um, I think we have been very accurate in what we have been, we have, we have been um, telling you about the fact that the chemistry between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell is broken, and it will determine win and loss for this team. It will determine the long-term viability of the current roster makeup because if Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell don't like each other and they don't get along, this particular team cannot thrive and win games. Yeah. This particular team cannot compete at the top of the Western Conference. This is not the L.A. Lakers who benched Russell Westbrook last night um, at the at the last four minutes of the game when the game was tight and on the line. You're not benching Rudy Gobert. You're not benching Donovan Mitchell. That's not an option for this roster. You see how poorly they play when one or the other is out of the lineup. And that perhaps is the biggest issue here is that there's no way to fix this. You either deal with it or you trade one of those two guys. And that's what we've been talking about now for going on the better part of a week. That there, are, there is one untouchable on this team, mm -hmm. and that is Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert, and I know that everybody freaked out on Twitter the other night when I was tweeting about it. Rudy Gobert is not untouchable. Rudy Bro, what Gobert. Are you talking about, man? Well, I'm telling you right now, what I'm talking about is Rudy Gobert is a guy that is not tradable, but the Jazz will listen if you call. And I am not telling you in any way, shape, or form that Danny Ainge is burning up phone lines offering Rudy Gobert in trades. But I am telling you that if you call the Utah Jazz and you say, hey, what would it take to get you know, Rudy Gobert? They'll have the conversation with you. If you call and say, what will it take to get Donovan Mitchell? There won't be a conversation. Mm -hmm. We're not open to trading Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you the Utah Jazz are open to trading Rudy Gobert. And it is as simple as Rudy is a one-dimensional player who does not bring you as much as you would like offensively, and he is becoming a guy that gets exposed defensively by no fault of his own. He is an elite, tremendous defender. 
But Rudy Gobert cannot defend an entire opponent on his own. Yeah. And when you look at the way this team defends, they could not keep the Houston Rockets out of the paint last night. They could not keep Eric Gordon from attacking Rudy Gobert. You were texting at me last night when that was happening. Mm -hmm. and he I went right into his chest and moved him. And what have you been saying about Rudy Gobert? That he, he, I mean, it's just a simple fact. It's not this. Just this doesn't just apply to Rudy. I mean, this is any big in the league. A smaller guard can beat any big in the league simply by putting their shoulder into his chest at the rim and moving him. I mean, that is basketball. That's how you're taught to move guys to to open up a, a window to finish at the rim. And and I think Eric Gordon is a master of that. And he put that on full display last night. And, and that's I, like I think we saw it in the Olympics against Rudy. I think we see it from time to time when guys like guys need to stop trying to dunk on Rudy and they need to just put a shoulder into his chest and understand that that they can get easy looks by doing that, you know. And I just think I, I don't know. It's kind of a it's it's a tough conversation. I'll be honest with you guys because there's not an easy solution because of the money. There's not an easy solution because of the roster. There's not a, a simple a simple trade target that goes and fixes all your issues. It's not like you're you know this great team and you're one piece away from a championship. That's not what this team is. I think when you start having to talk about hey our two best players don't like each other or reportedly don't like each other and they have this issue and you know there's not a lot of chemistry like that's just that's just like hey we started with a little campfire here and we were roasting some marshmallows let's turn this thing into burning the whole house down you know that's what that is and and so I don't know is it is it 100% true I can tell you the people we get information from haven't been wrong yet so I trust them I trust the information we get so I do think it's true I do think there's a lot of a lot of a, a lot of credibility in it a lot behind it so I don't know man I don't know what the solution is I don't know if if you know this is this is like the starting point, the beginning of the end, if you will, for this roster. But it this is going to be a long ass second half of the season if this is what we're going to get the rest of the way. Oh, and I, I don't think there's any doubt that this will not continue because you have a, a trade deadline that's what twenty days away now, February tenth. Yeah, it's coming. I mean, you're three weeks away from the trade deadline. This roster will be different. And I'm not telling you that Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell are going to be the ones to get moved because I don't think they will. Bojan. I, I believe that Boyan Bogdanovich, I believe that Jordan Clarkson is absolutely on the block. We've heard repeatedly that the Jazz are open for business on everybody um, but Donovan Mitchell. And, I mean, you can draw whatever water to that point that you want, meaning that, yeah, you're probably not open for business on Rudy Gobert because he's got an untradeable contract. Yeah. But the other part of this conversation that I think is so fascinating is that Rudy Gobert, I think, is embarrassed now or feeling some heat about his lack of production offensively. Mm -hmm. And when I say his lack of production, I don't mean how many points he's putting up on the board. I mean how those points are coming. And we've talked about this repeatedly. And it was interesting talking to an NBA guy last night. He was, <laughs> he was essentially saying it doesn't matter – if you score 20 points, if it's all dunks and if it's all putbacks, you're not going to be as effective in the postseason doing that. Yeah. And when you are the second worst player in the NBA with your back to the basket, that's Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. By the, the metrics, by the numbers, mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert's the second worst player with his back to the basket. How is that possible? Yeah. It is a shocking revelation that's been right in front of our faces the entire for years now, the entire time he's been a jazz man. Yeah. And it's the glaring weakness in his game. 
You don't fix that. And a lot of people on Twitter made this point yesterday, and I agree with it. The guy's not 18 years old and a rookie, you know, coming out of France. He's not Mo Bamba, all jokes aside. That's not who he is. But, no, the point is he's had a decade to try and develop an offensive game. Yeah. He's not been able to do it. And when the money is on the line and when it is crunch time, Mm -hmm. whether this is, as you said, the Olympics, which I think is a really good point, or the NBA playoffs, Mm -hmm. he's not on the floor when it matters most. And when he is on the floor at the end of games in crunch time, it doesn't end well for his team. Mm -hmm. And I think you're seeing guys attacking Rudy Gobert because he is the only guy that is, is making a real effort. And if it is, if it is in fact true, and I believe that it is, that he is complaining loudly in the Utah Jazz locker room about effort and intensity on defense, I don't know that you can fix this. I, I don't, because that tells you that there is a lack of respect for Quinn Snyder and that he's lost that locker room. If your your best defensive player is calling out other players on your roster for their lack of effort and, and intensity on defense, your head coach has lost the locker room. Mm-hmm. That is a very scary proposition for a team that's always been built on, hey, we like each other. This is a great place to play ball. Yeah, okay. Well, right now it's not. And I, I think that is a very scary place to be. Because, again, I just point to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That team is a disaster. They're staying together. You listened to LeBron last night, and if you didn't see it, Russell Westbrook got benched for the final three minutes of that game last night that the Lakers lost inexplicably. Mm-hmm. I mean, just played terrible basketball. They lose that game. LeBron has another massive performance. And essentially, Russell Westbrook abandoned the defensive game plan and did not execute at all, so Frank Vogel benched him. With eight seconds to go, Russ walked off the floor, went and changed his clothes, and left the arena. Did not talk to his teammates, did not talk to the media. Mm -hmm. LeBron was sitting up on the podium last night talking to the media, being asked about it. And he point blank said, how would you feel if you were Russ? Would you be upset you got benched? I mean, he's defending his teammate. Mm -hmm. Supposedly the guy that's the center of the problems for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook, the best player arguably in the NBA, sits up there as a teammate and defends him. Yet what do we get from Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson? Mm -hmm. We get infighting and we get tweets and subtweets and likes and – and you hear about Frank Vogel being on the hot seat and being fired and he's not going to be here and LeBron wants him gone. Well, it certainly sounds like LeBron's being a team player. Can't say the same thing for Rudy Gobert. Can't say the same thing for Donovan Mitchell. How on earth did Rudy Gobert compare Donovan Mitchell to Devin Booker? Don't get it. I, I don't it, get it. It's it's unfathomable. So I'm saying I think Rudy had, Rudy is is after something. Rudy has something he wants to happen. Rudy's trying to push agree. for something. I would agree. And anytime that happens, it, it, it's just you're Rudy Gobert is somebody who thinks he's, you know, frankly the shit, if you will, you know, with yeah. all due respect. He thinks he's he's the best ever and, you know, he's unstoppable. And And he's not, and we all know that. And I think that that – when you think that you're better than you actually are, when you think that you're better than what the box score says you are, when when you think you're better than than what the opponent thinks you are, um, you know sometimes that's good. But for a guy like Rudy Gobert, that's not good. And and he's not the guy in the locker room that should be running his mouth about defense or holding guys accountable. That's Donovan Mitchell's job. I'm telling you now, 
that the worst thing and the best thing that's ever happened to Rudy Gobert is this contract. Because it's awesome that he'll never want for anything in his life ever again financially. Mm-hmm. But it has put him in the center of a, of a bullseye. Because the Jazz are in the worst possible position. In that you have a guy who probably has value in Rooney Gobert. But he's untradeable. He, that contract is absolutely, and I disagree with it. One person described it as the worst contract in the NBA. I don't think that's the case. But when I look at his ability to impact this roster, it's massive, and it's not in a good way. Mm-hmm. They don't have money to spend. Your average $41 million a year on Rudy Gobert and you just aren't going to be able to move that deal probably for two more seasons. Yeah. So you are stuck paying Rudy Gobert. And now he's – I think he probably knows that. And I think <clears> – damn it. I think he, he probably is acting out on that. Yeah. I think he is frustrated. I think that – this narrative, if you remember back, hell, look at what Shaq said about it, that it's a terrible contract. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. there's no question it's a terrible contract. That's not even in question. And now I think Rudy Gobert is hearing that from people around the league. I, I You know, if you're hearing that his friends and in, in international teammates around the league are asking him, well, why aren't they throwing you the ball? Hey, they're not throwing you the ball. I think he's probably embarrassed by that. I think he's probably frustrated by that. We've talked about it for a year on this show that Donovan Mitchell doesn't even look at him. Well, he refuses to throw him the ball. I mean, he doesn't look at him. He knows, like, like when they're playing their best basketball, Rudy's going to come up from the weak side block. He's going to set a screen for whoever the ball carrier is, and then he's going to roll the basket. And nine times out of ten, he's wide open, and nobody will feed him except Mike Conley. And, you know, that's just how they play basketball. When they're at their best, nobody talks about it. But when they're at their worst like they are now, everybody talks about it. So, you know, I don't think that – listen, the Jazz don't have a lot of options right now. The, the only question right now here today, if you're Quinn Snyder, is how the hell can I smooth this out a little bit? How can I buy myself yeah. some time? How can I get this team playing better basketball again? You know, what can we do? And I don't know the answer to that question because if we're hearing about it, right, if we're hearing, hey, there's some issues – how bad is it really? You know, how, like, I think we can all agree that, you know, the media and people who cover sports teams typically don't get the full story, but when it's being talked about on any level, there's definitely something there. Something has happened to bring it up. So I just think that Quinn Snyder needs to sit this team down and and get it going again, get it back together, figure it out, like, get back on the same page, like, grow up. You know, that's what I, that's what that's kind of the feeling I have about this team right now. I just want to say to them, like, dude, grow up, man. Like, like, stop yeah. being immature. Like, you're you're paid professionals to play a child's game. Like, grow up, dude. I, I don't know. And again, I'll use the Laker comparison. The Lakers lose to the Pacers. Mm-hmm. And you bench Russell Westbrook, and you have a guy in LeBron James defending him, but we also know that LeBron has held him accountable. Mm-hmm. We also know that LeBron ha- is seen on a regular basis on the bench and on the floor calling him out for bad shots, bad defense, not hustling. 
but yet when he dunks on Rudy Gobert the other night, did you see the entire Laker team mm -hmm. celebrating that? That's chemistry. When you have accountability and you have performance and you have a team who clearly one of their weaknesses is Russell Westbrook. Just, he, he got benched last night. So the story goes um, from Tim McMenamin at uh, ESPN is that Frank Vogel has the full support of the front office to bench Russell Westbrook. And that the game plan for the Lakers last night was to force Karis LeVert to go left, to take his right hand away. Karis LeVert drove to his right on his right hand, and Russell Westbrook just let him go. Did not defend the right hand, just let him go by, and it was a layup. Mm -hmm. And Vogel had seen enough. He pulled him out of the game, did not put him back in. Russ leaves with eight seconds to go, and you didn't hear guys turning on Russell Westbrook. Frank Vogel, after the game last night, did not blow Russell Westbrook up. He was asked why you benched him. And Frank Vogel said, I, I, I played the guys I thought could win the game. He didn't say, well, you, you know, he just, he, 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 he was terrible. His shots were bad. He didn't defend. He played the guys who he thought could win the game. Which I think is an excellent answer. And I, that's why I'm telling you, when you look at teams across, I look at the Chicago Bulls last night. Not because I'm a Bulls guy, and I am, admittedly. You're without Lonzo Ball. <clears throat> You're without Lonzo Ball, who now looks like he's out for a month with a, a knee injury. Yeah. You're without Zach Levine. Neither one of those guys is going to go on this upcoming trip. You're without two of your most important players, and you find a way to win that game. Mm -hmm. You find a way to win that game, and that's what this Jazz team are not doing. Yeah. They are no longer finding ways to win the game. And you look at the Bulls beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are two games out of the top spot in the East. That's not an easy win without two of your best players. And they win 117-104. Mm -hmm. That's a character chemistry win. Well, and I think it's a leadership thing, too, overall. Like, I, I think... You know, like the Laker dynamic is really an interesting comparison because I think the Lakers, like, you know, the Bulls are going through what every NBA team goes through. You know, every NBA team deals with injuries or protocol or guys missing games. I mean, it's just part of the league. But I think the Laker comparison, I think, is the best one you've made so far because of of the dynamic there. It would be easy for that roster to be like, yeah, Russell Westbrook's wasting our time. Yeah. He's selfish. He's not making plays. Like, it would be easy to blow him up. But I think the reason you're, you're not seeing that is because it's a LeBron James led team. And I have my thoughts about LeBron and you know, where we he stacks do, yeah. up about greatest of all time and all that nonsense. Right. But what, what I think we can all agree on is LeBron has always done a great job of keeping his teams in line, making sure that everybody one through what 15, I guess, yeah. you know, is all on the same page and doing the same things. And, and they understand who talks and who doesn't. Yeah. You know you what know? I mean? Like, I look at that Denver win last night. Yeah. Another I, a hell of a performance. Jokic with a, a what, a 49-point double? A 50. A 50-point triple-double last night. Like, I look at those character wins, and I, I just I, – I'm not saying these teams are better than the Jazz. I'm just telling you, these are all examples of the Utah Jazz – absolutely disintegrating in the locker room and it at just, their core it just didn't need to happen yeah it doesn't need to happen and and i agree with the concept that 
that Donovan Mitchell needs to needs to develop as a leader. I, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I I don't I don't mean this to come off as me hating on Don, but I think if you're gonna be a, a premier talent in the NBA, if you're gonna if you want to be considered, you know, one of the best players in the league. Well, the fact is, the best players in the league, and this goes for you know your office, the NBA, you know, like any kind of team environment. The highest performer has an inherent responsibility to lead the team. It just is what it is. It's how you know human beings work. So when Donovan Mitchell is is apparently getting involved in these like petty ass like relational issues with Rudy Gobert, it just tells me he's not ready to win yet. You know, and, and that's the thing. This is like the concept that we talked about what months ago now, where. Um, and really, it was in the postseason last year where a lot of people would start to say, well, Don doesn't understand that he's got to draw the double to pass to his teammates because he doesn't trust his teammates. That's right. So I just think that Don has a lot of growth still. And and unfortunately, and if he's got to go, okay, great. But That I leadership thing you're talking about, though, Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to go. And this is what we have to stop doing. We have to stop telling people if it's not good enough, you need to leave. We have to stop doing that. Donovan Mitchell is your second highest paid player. He is your best player. Grow him. Develop him. Make him become a leader. And if he cannot become a leader, then you move him. But right now is when we're going to find out what this roster is made of. We're going to find out who the true team building character leadership guys are on this roster. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, I think you've got one. I think you've got one. And my guess is it's Rudy Gay. And that's the guy that needs to mentor Donovan Mitchell. Because Rudy Gay's been there and seen that. And mm -hmm. he's been around some of the best organizations. But I'm telling you, Donovan Mitchell has never had to do this before. There is no reason to go after him. This is a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. This is, hey, Don, this is what we should be doing. Who is Donovan Mitchell talking to? Who is influencing Donovan Mitchell? Everybody says, well, Dwayne Wade has taken Donovan Mitchell under his wing. Has he? Has he? Because I didn't, I've never seen Dwayne Wade do the things that Donovan Mitchell has done. Facts. Donovan Mitchell's a selfish basketball player. And in some aspects, I love that about him. But right now, that's not what's needed. They need Donovan Mitchell to bring his teammates with him. Mm -hmm. that's what they need. They need guys like Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert needs to shut up and play yeah. basketball. Stop talking. Yes. Stop talking uh, uh, to the media. Stop talking to the officials. This waving of your hands again last night. He gets a call and he's yelling at the official. And you can see the official just throw his hands up like, what more do you want me to do? I gave you the, the call. I blew the whistle. What do you want me to do? Yet Rudy Gobert is standing on the court yelling at the official. I I, I just, at some point, he's got to stop talking. Mm -hmm. And it's Boyan Bogdanovich, same thing. But here's the difference. Boyan Bogdanovich is an expendable, not that integral part of this team. Mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert is absolutely integral to the current construction of this team and the success or failure of this team. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell will make or break this team. Yeah. Because, frankly, I'm looking at uh, the other dudes on this roster. They're all old, and they, they are all expendable. Mm -hmm. There's not another guy outside of Gobert and, and Don that, that are really that significant to this roster. 
Not as it's constructed now. Not as it's constructed now. Best teams in the NBA. This is, and again, you're probably going to hate this. This is why the Warriors are so different. Because they are still young. They are still athletic. And your best player is the unquestioned best player, alpha dog, on that team. Mm -hmm. But who's the real leader of the, the Golden State Warriors? Draymond Green. Draymond Green. But who's your best player? Well, your best player is Steph Curry. But Steph Curry doesn't have doesn't have an ego and doesn't isn't that guy who's like, no, I'm the guy that's got to be the face. Because mm -hmm. that's not who Steph Curry is. And that's why their chemistry works perfectly. Look how happy they all are for for Clay Thompson. Yeah. I mean, it's that's what this jazz team is missing. And frankly, you know what? I, I, I have vivid memories talking about Carl Malone about this exact same way. Carl Malone is arguably the reason you didn't win a championship. Carl Malone was not a great chemistry guy. Like, it, it, it's so interesting, the parallels on teams who are this close. Mm -hmm. But can't get out of their own and way. And yet they're so far away. Yeah, it's frustrating. So. And, and that's who this Jazz team was last year. This year, this is not a championship competitive team. It's not. All right, let's get some comments because I know we've we've kind of been railing. Um, let's see where we're at. You, there's a lot of comments. I appreciate that this morning. Brylark says, morning, boys. Tao Anga says, sup, fellas. What's up? What's up? The Nye Guy says, morning, fellas. Tanner, Pl Tanner Plummer's here. Tanner. 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 Says, morning, guys. The Utah Jazz are officially an accident waiting to happen. Edgar Garcia says, what's up, boys? Let's get it. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, John Jackson says, I can't stop laughing about yesterday's show. So funny. Love listening to the show. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the Nye guy says, the other day we were going back and forth about Kyler Murray. I said he sucks and you disagreed. Him and Tanner are having a conversation about You guys are punching Kyler each Murray. other in the face about Kyler Murray and the guy's they not playing it. anymore. Brylark says, she's going back to the well, man. She's trying to slide back into Jake's life. The girl that Jake broke up with over text is now commenting on family members' social media posts. The gift that keeps on giving. Uh, was it worth it? Probably not. Neville 93 says, good morning. <laughs> good morning, boys. I'm a Bulls fan now, LOL. Wow, jazz. Uh, Night Guy says, how did all you Rudy over Mitchell gang like that game last night? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brandon's uh, Whiteside, <laughs> what's up, Brandon? Good to see you, bud. He says, good Rudy is probably right. The three-point trash I'm watching and the defensive struggles are horrible. Oh, it's embarrassing. The defense that this team is playing right now. What defense? I mean, it is abysmal. Yeah. Man, like, I, I just, does it surprise you? That on a night-to-night -night basis, we see a new, I can't believe they did that in the wrong direction on defense. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is, uh, you know, uh, like, it, it, yeah, I guess it kind of surprises me. But what, what surprises me more is it seems like every night, you know, we hear Quinn Snyder after the game saying that, oh, well, we're just not communicating defensively. Like, how many games in a row are you going to show up to the post-game presser and be like, yeah, you know, we just weren't communicating defensively, and, and that allowed some open looks, and that's why we lost the game. Okay, how about we learn how to communicate defensively? You know, how about we make some adjustments? How about we actually, again, like I was just saying, how about we grow up and put our pride to the side and play winning basketball? Because that's what they're doing. How did you get out offensive rebounded last night? How did you have three technical fouls? They had none. Well, Rudy wasn't playing last night, right? Rudy Gobert wasn't in the game. 
Apparently, he didn't ha- he didn't have a double double last night. Hmm. By the way, they outscored the Rockets sixty two to thirty six in the paint and lost. That the, the Jazz, you realize the Jazz had a thirteen point lead in this game and lost to the Houston Rockets. I mean, and again, the thing that really bothers you is the Rockets shot forty nine percent from three. 49%, 43% from the floor. Mm-hmm. And this is a super young team that's getting good looks and knocking, knocking them, down. them down. Yep. It, it, and you, 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 on the other hand, um, the Utah Jazz shot 26% from three. Hmm. And the numbers, by the way, the numbers are ugly. Um, I mean, you look at Rudy last night, 23 points, nine boards. That's it. You look at Boyan Bogdanovich, 29 points, three of 13 from three. He took 27 shots and got 29 points. And this is the problem. They're still taking the threes. The problem is the quality of the look is terrible because they're not playing team basketball. 27 shots to get 29 points. Good grief. Mike Conley, three of eight from three. Joe Ingles, two of seven, 10 points. And I look at Jordan Clarkson. I... I'm telling you, he's 20 minutes. You've got to play him 20, 22 minutes. That's it. Mm-hmm. Last night, he plays 29 minutes, 7 of 13 from the floor for 19 points. 13 shots to get 19 points. Like, one of the least efficient games I think we've ever seen from this team. Yeah. I, I just, it's... And that's why I say, it's... it. You know, Quinn's got to be in the conversation. I think everybody except Don's on in the conversation. Like, hmm. I, I, I'm. It's getting to a point where we're struggling to to figure out what we want to talk about with this team. Three, because, te- three technical fouls. Because y- this team is just going through the ringer right now, and I and I don't know. Like, are we are we supposed to to roll out and say, hey, yeah, you know, everyone need they need to blow this thing up, and and you know that's the solution. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but that doesn't help you tomorrow. You know, that doesn't help you for your next game, you know, like, like what, if you really sit down and think about it, you know, what options does Quinn Snyder have other than, Hey, like, what are we doing? You know, we got to get our stuff together here, you know? So I don't know. I think it's a really, I think it's, I think it's perhaps the most difficult coaching situation in the league right now. I don't know. Like every other team you have like one obvious problem you're dealing with. You have Russell Westbrook. You have Damian Lillard's out for a while. You yeah. have Kevin Durant's out for a while. You have Zach Levine, Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball are out. Like you're just dealing with classic injury issues. And you can't, I, I yeah, the, the, anyway, it's really frustrating to look at the, the, I should not have looked at the team stats like this is no, it's embarrassing. <clears throat> it's not good. It's not good. You're playing selfish basketball. I don't know how you're not thinking about making a coach. You have to make a coaching change after this season. Yeah. I mean, what is this is Quinn's ninth season. Yeah, it's time. I, I think you got to make a coaching change. Yeah. I, 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 with all due respect, I, I love Quinn. I think he's done great, but this, he has lost this team. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the only other way that I can, that I can say it. Uh, Brandon says, Rudy wasn't the problem. Can make a, can't make a three to save their lives. It's <laughs> disgusting to watch. <clears throat> the brick fest has nothing to do with Rudy, but the problem is that's who you are as a team though. You you cannot ask this tiger to change his stripes now. I mean, this team, 
how many times have we said it? If if they don't shoot 40% and attempt probably 40 to 53 point shots, they don't win. Yeah. That's what they And that it, has everything to do with Rudy Gobert by the way, because if he was a better offensive player, they wouldn't have to do that. And well, but maybe you could throw the ball into the post and you could have an inside out game. Mm -hmm. The issue becomes it's not that they shoot too many threes. They're selfish. They play one-on-one -on -one basketball. That bogey technical last night where he got that shot blocked and was all upset about a foul, no, no foul call. Like that, to me, drive and kick, create some motion, move the basketball, reverse the basketball. Yeah. You know, like I, I look at that, you know, the play that comes to mind last night is the Wizards game at the end against the Nets. Yeah. You reverse the basketball, you moved it, and you got a wide open look for Kyle Kuzma. Now he missed it. But – but that's what you're looking for. You're, you're looking for a wide open three out of this team, and and I think that's what puts you in a, a place to win. John Jackson says, what caused the chemistry to change now at the beginning? It looked much better. Don't get me wrong. We need to switch out some players. I think losing is a disease. Yes. And when you lose the way that they lost to the Clippers and they lost in the bubble, I mean – frustration grows and then it starts creeping in and Don's injured and now he's got a concussion. He had the ankle last year. Like you got embarrassed by the Clippers. Let, let, yeah. Let's not forget you were up 2-0 in that series with home court advantage. And you thought you were cruising and you got embarrassed by the Clippers. Yeah. And now you come back this season and your guys are just not the same guys. Like the decline of Joe Ingles is shocking. Yeah. Joe Ingles has absolutely run into a brick wall with his ability. Like it, it is how many times how many times is this team gonna get punched in the face before they can't get up anymore? I mean, I, that's what we're talking about. You know, like that's yeah. that's what the, the the journey has been. I just I I that Royce O'Neal is your best option right now that you know, Boyan Bogdanovich, everybody gets pissy when I say it. He's not a twenty point guy anymore. I've been talking about this all year. If they're going to win, Boyan's got to score 20, and it can't be on 29 shots. Yeah. He's got to be better. It's got to be on three of six from three. But, you he's, know, he, like. but he's done. He's not better. This is the, 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 the issue is that the best teams in the NBA are not at their ceiling. The Bucs are better than they were last year. They're not at their ceiling. They're growing. Um, you look at Philly. Joel Embiid has become a better basketball player. I don't know how he's done it. He's become a better basketball player. He's working this year. on his game, right? They're and growing, what, and that's why I think it, the Gobert thing is frustrating because you're seeing like Lonzo Ball, like Lonzo Ball's year over year development from three is clear. The numbers very clearly spell it out, and that's why I think people lose their patience with Rudy because he's not trying to get better offensively. He's just not. He's not trying to improve his individual game, and that's frustrating. It is very frustrating. So the Jazz are not improving. The Jazz are on the backslide. And it's because they're an older team that 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 is unathletic. I just I don't know how many times I can say that. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys Satan's lies. I don't think that's on your birth certificate, sir. Says the latest reports say Utah is actually looking into a trade that Detroit is actually open to, which sends Grant to Detroit from Detroit to Utah for a future second round pick and J.C. and Butler. How are you? You that trade makes no. There's no way you can make that trade. How does that make sense for the Jazz? You're paying the luxury tax. That money doesn't add up. That trade just does not work. I mean, 
I, I listen, I, I like Jeremy Grant. I, I do. Um, but there to me, there's just no way that you can make and by the way, the Jazz can't trade a draft pick until twenty twenty eight, I think. Like, I mean, that trade just does not make any there's it just yeah. there's no I think Jordan Clarkson's only making like twelve million bucks. If memory serves, yeah, twelve million dollars. The, the point is, is that is that that trade just doesn't work. You're not you're not <coughs> going to trade work. Jordan Clarkson and and Butler Jeremy Grant's for Jeremy making Grant. Twenty million dollars, bro. But like, even outside of the money, Fine. let's say the money did work. Why would you trade for him when you've already got Rudy Gobert, Hassan Whiteside, Eric Pascal? Like, you've got guys at that position already. I, I well, th- if you can exchange Jeremy Grant for for Royce O'Neal, I'm I'm open to doing that every day. I mean, you would just put Royce on the bench and start and and start Jeremy Grant, but that doesn't make you a better team because Jordan Clarkson. That in in when is Clark's Jeremy Grant's contract runs through? He's a free agent after next season, so I mean, you're that money just doesn't work. Yeah, that's it, not you're, that's you, not you, a good trade. There's no way that it, yeah, it's with all due respect, man. Like that trade just doesn't work. Um, Jeremy Grant's a great player. Harrison Barnes, a great player. They're out of your price range. Yeah. And to make that deal work in the trade that everybody was talking about was the jazz. were going to be a third team in Detroit and Philly's trade for Ben Simmons, but somehow, some way Philadelphia doesn't want Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay for Ben Simmons. And I, that's something I, I will never understand. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, yup, it's so hard to watch. Royce sucks. <laughs> Why is everybody, you know, the funny thing is, so people were tweeting at me yesterday about apparently the local radio shows talked about us extensively yesterday <laughs> <coughs> here in Salt Lake. <laughs> okay. And talked about how a former local radio or a former local media hack <laughs> is throwing stuff against the wall for attention. And that, you know, another one of the other shows now saying that the Jazz are open for business and aggressively exploring trades. So what is it? Are we throwing stuff against the wall or are we exactly right on what's happening? And what was also fascinating is you flip on the radio like I flip on the radio leaving the gym yesterday. And all of a sudden, out of the blue... Well, Royce O'Neal is not the defender that everybody makes him out to be. Well, 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 well. Wait, what? I thought Royce O'Neal was a lockdown defender and Yeah, one of the best one on one defenders in the league. Are, are you sure? Are are you sure? And that, you know, this is the price that the guy was saying <clears throat> that sources, NBA and jazz sources were saying that this is the price you pay for signing Rudy Gobert to that contract. Mm-hmm. It's just remarkable to me that all we've we we've been you know wildly inaccurate and we're a couple of assholes who just make stuff up and all of a sudden now the local media that's so respected the local media now is <laughs> quoting us chapter and verse yeah come on whatever um, I'm just gonna call you Satan's lies uh, <laughs> says the only player that could be equal or close value for Gobert would be a player like Bam Adebayo or maybe Embiid. But it, it the issue is not value on the floor. Your Joel Embiid is is exponentially a better center than Rudy Gobert. There's no doubt about that. I don't know that anybody 
I don't think anybody claims that Rudy Gobert is the best center in the NBA. Yeah. Or at least for, for I haven't heard that. I think when you look at big men in the NBA, I mean, the gold standard right now um, is probably Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's probably the best 4-5 guy in the NBA. He really is a power forward. But if you're looking at pure pure centers, I don't know who's a better center than Joel Embiid right now. Jokic. You think Jokic is better? Yeah. I think Jokic <sighs> does more for his team. Yeah. I, think, I think Joel Embiid is... I think Joel Embiid is the best center in the NBA. Defensively, offensively, certainly. I like Joel a lot. I mean, it's close, but I just think that consistently, you know, Jokic is putting up huge numbers. Jokic or Rudy? Jokic all day. You take Jokic? All day, not even close. Twice on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Brandon. If Jokic was a Utah Jazz man, they'd be contending for NBA Finals appearances. Yeah. Okay. Okay, the Nye guy says Tanner. Amen, buddy. Tanner says, I think Ainge needs to have a – say rotation decision but that's not how it works you don't hire a coach to teach him how to coach yeah you know like it's the look at frank vogel the lakers situation frank vogel supposedly is about to get fired yet they you know rob palinka in, in the front office have said you you coach the way you want to coach if you want to bench russ bench russ yeah you got to do you you don't hire a coach and then tell him how to play his rotations if you're doing that you're firing him uh, Brandon Whiteside says players need to be put on their big put on their big boy pants and play some perimeter defense. They're not capable of it. Yeah, literally. The Utah Jazz don't have a capable on-ball one-on-one defender. Donovan Mitchell's got to grow defensively. Yeah. He's got to. Um, and I, I actually think Rudy's point about Devin Booker compared to Donovan Mitchell is correct. Mm-hmm. I he mean, never should have said that, but it's he right. He shouldn't have said that, but he ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Devin Booker's become a pretty good defender. But he's also got a guy in Chris Paul that's teaching him how to to win. You know, like Don doesn't have that. Donovan Mitchell does not have that. Uh, Rudy fans, did I miss five championships you think the Jazz have? Blow this up. Yeah. Snooka says, good morning, dude. Snooka. Snooka. Uh, Brylark says, people are so funny after an embarrassing loss like that. It's either burn the building to the ground or Donovan didn't double knot his Adidas and that cursed the game and that's why they lost. God bless. Rudy is the problem, and it's not because of his play. It's his contract and how players play around him uh, causes all the problems. Rudy not having an offensive game, but if if you're paying him half his contract, yeah, it's fine if he's if he's making twenty million a year to be the best defensive player in the NBA. Okay, I can take that. You're paying him forty one million bucks, and he you need for Rudy Gobert to be effective offensively. You need to miss shots. Yeah. It's probably not the best way to make a living. It's it's really not. Tanner says to me, Rudy is an entitled brat. I can't stand him anymore. Wow. Um, his comparison is actually good. Donovan is playing his ass off, though. Especially Mitchell has greatly gotten better on defense. I don't see significant improvement out of Don on defense. No. I mean, I, I see a guy... Donovan Mitchell is terrible on pick and roll defense. I see. I, I, my personal opinion watching him play is that he's not. His willingness needs to go up to play defense. His, his, his. I don't. So here's the thing, with what Rudy is allegedly doing in the locker room, calling people out. I don't disagree that people need to be called yes, out. Yes, correct. The, but the problem is, is that you're not the guy who decides if the Utah Jazz win or lose games. Thus, you're not the guy who should be running his mouth about it. I would agree. Should Donovan Mitchell be working harder on defense? Hell yes, he should. Is Rudy Gobert correct about that? Yes, he is. But you're not Donovan Mitchell, bro. You're not, like, you're not that guy. 
That's the best way I can say it, all jokes aside. Rudy, you're not that guy. You should not be saying these things. Not publicly, not the way you're saying it. Like, it's just m- being mishandled. So, you know, I if I'm Donovan Mitchell, again, I'm not trying to stir the pot here, but think about it. If you're Donovan Mitchell, put yourself in his shoes. What mm-hmm. are you thinking right now? Well, we're nowhere near championship. I'm not near, like, accomplishing anything. I'm sitting here having to play, you know, you know, I'm having to have like a pissing match with Rudy Gobert over who the best player on the team is. And it just doesn't need to be this way. And I know the money. You think Donovan Mitchell doesn't know the cap situation in his basketball team? Yeah, he knows the cap situation. So what, what I'm getting to here, my point is, is none of this is helping the Utah Jazz like keep Donovan Mitchell long term. And that's my biggest fear out of this whole thing. This is a lost season. It's over. You're not going to win a championship, and that's all that really matters. That's all that they're. That's their stated goal. Hey, we want to win a championship, or it's not good enough. Okay, well this year it's not going to be good enough then. So if you're Donovan Mitchell, what's your game plan? Is is it hey I'm going to talk to Ryan Smith and get some answers? Is it hey, yeah either way no matter what they say I'm going to leave three years into this extension? Like what's the game plan? That's what I'm really curious about with Donovan Mitchell. That's what I want to know. Yeah, and. Do you think that Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge believe they can win a championship this year? No. I think Danny Ainge has come in and been the voice of reason. I think Danny Ainge has come in and said, hey, this team isn't close to good enough. I think Danny Ainge has said, hey, we need to make calls and we need to make it very clear that we're open to doing business. Yeah. That's what I think. That's interesting. Uh, um, Brandon uh, or Tanner says, totally agree, Monty. That contract has gotten to Gobert's head. Um, Brandon replied to that by saying jazz have rebuilt on the fly multiple times. I'd rather, rather build on the fly, be the Sixers tanking five plus years, getting all the top picks and still not winning anything. Well, I would remind you that the Sixers are as close as the Toronto Raptors were, or as the Utah jazz are. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't hit the rim 17 times a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. the Sixers are going to the finals. Mm-hmm. And if their management hadn't mismanaged Ben Simmons so terribly, they're probably a better team, right? Like the Sixers are actually really close. Yeah. Really, really close. Are the Sixers closer to an NBA championship than the Jazz? Yes. Yes, I would believe that they are. I would believe they are. I, I mean I I look at the I look at look at the game with Milwaukee and Memphis last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much better is Memphis year over year? Memphis is the My team God. you should be looking at where you're like, man, why are we not improving like that? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, Olivier Ruiz Roots Rudy thinks he's the alpha male of this team, but he isn't. He's not that for the French national team, and he will never be that for the Jazz. Agreed. Ooh. Agreed. Ooh. It's just the truth. Don't disagree. Uh, James Knight, good morning, says, if LeBron justifies Westbrook and his selfish, undisciplined act, it's all power to him, right? Please, that crap shouldn't be called out. I think you have to call it out. Uh, What is – I don't understand. So if LeBron justifies Westbrook and his selfish, undisciplined act, comma, Mm -hmm. it's all power to LeBron, right? Well, but that's what he should be doing. That's what the Jazz don't have. Yeah. I, I I have no problem with what LeBron's I don't doing. understand what you're are, – are you saying that, that it's a double standard? 
I guess. Is that what you're getting at? He says or? the personal hatred you guys have for Rudy is getting old. It's unfair in my opinion. What? How is it at all personal for Rudy? Yeah. It, I don't know Rudy Gobert personally. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Dude, it's – do you – like, again – the age-old saying, are you watching the games? Do you see what's happening on the floor? Like, they're not feeding him, and they haven't been feeding him for uh, the longest of time. This is all basketball, man. This by the is way. not personal with Rudy. By the way, if 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 you're going to sit here and, and accuse <laughs> us of, of having some hatred towards Rudy Gobert and it being personal, I'd just like to remind you that, that everything that we've said about the Utah Jazz has been true. It's not that we've said, oh, he sucks, and he's a terrible player, and they should cut him. It's not like that. It, no. it is. It is. Hey, this guy is a one-dimensional player who thinks he is sliced bread and the best player on the team. And based on what we're being told by very reliable sources, based on our track record, hiring Danny Ainge, firing Dennis Lindsay, yeah. you know, like there's a laundry list of things we've told you guys that have come true. Those same people are telling us that Rudy Gobert is basically calling a bunch of guys out in the locker room, including Donovan Mitchell. He's not. That's not his job. I think people don't understand that you have to learn how to lose just the same way you got to learn how to win. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, uh, I, I see, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was laughing. I think it was Josh was said the Lakers and jazz don't compare. Oh, actually they do. They do. They do. If you look at the way the Lakers are handling losing right now, I, I, I would say they're handling it quite well for a team that's not used to, to losing. You have a bunch of dudes on that roster that have never won. Dude. And then you have LeBron James. And if you look at what LeBron is doing with that roster, yeah. he is teaching them how to win and how to lose. Listen, you understand. You want to talk about not comparable? Here's what's not comparable about the Lakers and the Jazz. When you play for the Lakers, the expectation is to win a championship every single year. Anything below that is not good enough, including for Frank Vogel, including for Rob Palinka, including for LeBron James. It's just the culture, right? It is the culture to be in the NBA Finals every single year. Correct. That is not the culture of the Utah Jazz. That's a culture, not an expectation. Yes. The culture of the of the Lakers is that we will compete for an NBA championship every single year. Not not the the expectation, not the belief or the hope. We're not just saying we want to do it. We're going to, or Frank Vogel is going to get fired. They, oh, they have injuries. It doesn't matter. They're not winning a championship. We're, we're thinking about making a coaching change. Oh, we have injuries? Okay, great. Who can we trade to overcome those injuries? Last year, we disappointed. We're going to completely remake the roster. Did it work? No, but we're doing everything we can do to win a championship. Like, that's the difference between the Jazz and the Lakers. Between the Jazz and any other team you want to point to, like, again, the Suns, the Warriors. I mean, you go and get Andrew Wiggins. You you Like, you make deals. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Right? You you look at the, the, the Suns. Chris Paul didn't win him a championship. But it took them to a place that was far beyond where they had been. Mm -hmm. Who's the Chris Paul? Who's the Russ? Who is the guy or the guys that you went out and got to take you to a place where you've never been as a jazz. Well, Rudy Gay and Eric Paschal and, and Pascal, Whiteside and Pascal's not really playing that much mm -hmm. and Whiteside's hurt and Rudy Gay missed the game. I think he, he, what was a heel pain? I think was the reason he was, he missed the game last night. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we can like, I feel like this happens a lot with all due respect to, to the Jameses of the world and to the Brandon Whitesides and, and to our beloved jazz fans. 
you guys can sit here and say that the Jazz are not comparable to the Lakers, and you can laugh it off, and you can say that, you know, we hate Rudy Gobert and all this nonsense. But what I hear you guys saying is you don't want to accept the fact that this team is not good enough. You don't want to accept the fact that this team right now has names, but they don't have winners. That's what you don't want to accept. And I'm telling you, people, I'm telling you, people on Twitter and on this show are underselling what Danny Ainge is going to do to this roster. I am telling you, that dude is coming with a hatchet, and he is going to slice this thing up and completely change the dynamic of this team. I'm telling you that's coming. Be prepared for it. Be prepared. Brandon Whiteside says, look, if a two-time defensive player of the year, I think he's three. Three-time. Three-time defensive player of the whole league can't call out teammates, then the teammates need thicker skin. It Okay. You just don't get it, dude. It's you not, don't understand. It's not that Rudy can't call out teammates. But you don't compare Donovan Mitchell to Devin Booker openly in a media session. You don't do that. You don't complain that you're not getting the ball offensively when you've not shown any ability to contribute offensively. You turn it over consistently. Right? Like, he, I, I, he... He doesn't have the credibility. I, he hasn't it? earned Eric, it. Eric and Raleigh said, Donovan doesn't want to be a leader, so Gobert is trying to fill that void, and he ain't that guy. When there's an absence of leadership, something will fill that leadership void, mm -hmm. for better or for worse. That's just the way it is. I think it's a great point. Limit Zio says, Jazz fans only know pain. I agree with that. Yeah. Eric C. says, anyone else looking forward to MLS season and how RSL are going to do? It's going to be interesting to see. Now that Ryan Smith owns RSL, Nighty, uh, nightly attacks on Rudy Gobert just get old, James says. James, here's a direct question for James Knight. What have I or we said about Rudy Gobert that is A, personal on any level, or B, incorrect? I think we have pretty much... We've been saying this since before other people were saying this it. This is years, man. Like, Rudy Gobert has been the same player for two two years offensively. What have we said that's a personal attack? Let's start there. And, I'd like an answer to that. And by the way, here's the issue with, with Rudy Gobert. I'll just restate my opinion. He's an elite defensive player. As stated, a three-time defensive player of the year. He's probably going to win five of those in his career. But he is painfully limited offensively Rudy Gobert's biggest night should be when you don't shoot well last night it wasn't that way he's the leading rebounder in the NBA because he's on a team that takes and misses a lot of threes but you can't throw him the ball with his back to the basket he cannot dribble he does not have touch around the rim if he does not dunk the ball it is awkward at best his highest best use is setting a screen and throwing a lob to him but now teams are scheming that. Look what happened early in the game last night. How did the Rockets, and I want to make sure I get this right, because I think it's absolutely, who scored the Rockets' first eight points last night? Jay Sean Tate. Two threes and a layup. Who was guarding Jay Sean Tate? Rudy Gobert. Was Rudy Gobert guarding Jay Sean Tate at the three-point line? Sort of. And then when he made those two threes, all of a sudden, now Rudy's got to attach to Jay Sean Tate. So what happened? Well, all of a sudden, it turned into a layup line. This is the issue with Rudy Gobert. Defensively, it's not his fault. Offensively, he has not gotten better. And you're paying him $41 million a year. 
So how is that a personal attack? <laughs> I Help me understand. You understand you're paying $30 million in luxury tax. And you <laughs> overpaid. And <clears throat> By the way, Ryan Smith approved the Rudy Gobert extension. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what more I can say about it. That's not personal. Those are basketball it's facts. just what's happened, dude. Like, It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right, a couple more, and then we need to move on. The Warriors are so good because Bob Myers learned from Jerry West. The Jazz are just starting the process now. Ainge is tasked with rebuilding and teaching others how to be a GM. I agree I with agree that. I agree with that 100%, dude. I think that's a very, very, very well-thought-out take. Bob Myers is an elite GM. Yeah. I mean, he's managed their luxury tax the best that he could. He's been able to retain his best players. Um, he's been able to make deals. He's been able to draft well. Like, And he's had misses, too. I mean, they, oh, they've, sure they've had misses, Andrew too. Andrew Wiggins has largely been a miss, but now he's well, got he's value. Well, he's an all-star now, though. Yeah. He's an all-star now. They've developed him a little bit, and he's turned into an all-star. So, you know, yeah, he was a miss initially, but I think at that time they weren't even ready to win. Fat Jesus says Rudy Gobert is mean to kids and breaks up with women over text. I I, I believe that's true. Yes! I believe that's true. Great point. For those who don't know what whoa Fosters is, that's Australian for beer. Thank okay. you. I Fair prefer four X, but you know. I would agree with that. Um, you know, you guys need to make a new shirt that says "We hate Rudy Gobert" just as a joke. Maybe that's our new shirt. You know what? Buy our current shirt. We yeah. have seven shirts left. We got left. seven left. We have to sell them before we can get another order. So DM me the shirt. Hold the shirt up. I'll show it again. Yeah. Uh, the shirt is 25 bucks. We have XL and 2X left. Um, all you have to do is DM us. Uh, the Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y. The Monty Show. It's 25 bucks. Um, and we take Venmo. And we ship them out every Saturday. Yeah, every Saturday we, we, do, we, we do our shipments. We mail them out. The, the, we only have seven left, so yeah. we're kind of at the end of the road on it. Andrew Wiggins is 10 times the player D'Angelo Russell is. That was a great trade by Bob Myers. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Smart trade. Uh, I have tickets for me and my girlfriend to see the Jazz play the Suns next week. After last night, I'm worried to see the Suns blow out the Jazz. Could be. Um, Jeremy Bolton says local media talks about you guys because you guys – We'll talk about the real issues. Ass vacuuming, Nick's chub, and the sad excuse that is Cafe Rio. U.S. Americans. We keeps it real on this show. It is funny to to, to hear the local guys talking about us. So I, I just I, think it's hysterical. I love the concept, and then we gotta we gotta get on to Jackson Dart and all this. But I just really quick, I love the concept or the idea that a local radio station, due to our in, on in your car on the radio are coming out on their show and saying a former local radio hack you're you're trying to put somebody else down <laughs> for what reason for yeah. what reason well i and i think it i think the thing that has become so obvious is that you don't have a real critical voice of this this team the utah jazz in the local market yeah um i mean if you if you think about I mean, if you listen to 1280 The Zone uh, or KSL on jazz coverage, it is rah-rah, and there's a lot it's of a we. It's a dude. There's we and us. If you listen to, like, BYU, <laughs> I don't think there's any question that Mitch Harper is the best BYU guy in the market. Agreed. I, uh, by far. But he's never going to say a critical thing, and, I, and with all due respect to Mitch, I understand why. He, yeah, Mitch is not going to break break news on on BYU because that's not what KSL's purpose is yeah 
right? So I understand that for BYU. And I think Mitch, again, does a fabulous job for, for KSL and BYU. Yeah, yeah. There's no excuse not to be critical of the Jazz. None. Why Zero. has nobody in the media think think about this? Remember when all the Donovan Mitchell like trade stuff or hey not not trade stuff but like hey he's gonna leave for the Knicks or the Heat or remember when all that kind of first started and that was kind of a a firestorm if you will. Why did nobody in the media that next media session with Don just simply ask, hey Don? I want to give you an opportunity to set the record straight just because, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there and and I want I, I just want to give you the opportunity to tell how it is. Are you considering leaving for the Knicks or the Heat? Why is that such a tough question to ask? Are you happy being a Utah Jazz man? And are you considering leaving? Why is that such a hard question to ask? Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? And, and so – I just thought it was funny. Like, to me, I would never go if, you know, we've been on the radio, we've won awards, it's behind them, you know, we've done some things. I would never go on the radio and be like, yeah, some local hack said this. I would, I I have no problem mentioning people by name. I've never understood that. Like, when we were in, we when we were in Phoenix at the shitty radio station, um, 98.7. Yeah. It's 98.7, right? Yeah, 98.7. Yeah. Yeah would get upset if we would talk about them and they would call my bosses at ESPN. We mocked Ron Wolfley and, many times and it was funny as hell. And they called my bosses at ESPN and were like, hey, you got to tell him to stop. We can't have this. Really? Why do you care that we're talking about you? Man? Like, are you serious? It, it's it's funny. it's hilarious, man. It, 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 is. it is. It is hilarious. But all I'm going to say, the only thing else I want to say on this is, hey, Talk about us, please. It yeah. helps us. Please talk about us. Yeah. And by the way, everybody's like, oh, you've never been right about anything. Well, then there's the Jackson Dart story we need to get to. Let's do it. Uh, we tweeted on the 12th. I tweeted on the 12th that Jackson Dart. <coughs> it's something to get choked up over. I, mean. <coughs> I tweeted on January 12th that BYU was in heavy pursuit of Jackson Dart. You're an idiot. Jaron Hall's the greatest quarterback ever. That kid's a you're going to hell. Like so many people Satan's got upset. Lies. <laughs> so many people got upset. Oh, by the way, Jackson Dart visited BYU in Provo yesterday. And Jackson Dart was told in no uncertain terms um, that he will be given every opportunity to be QB1 if he chooses to come to Provo mm-hmm. to play college football at BYU. Now let's talk about some of the competition that BYU's facing. Yeah. Like he's he's looking at schools in the SEC. He is looking he's at looking Oklahoma at... in the Big Twelve, and he is looking at Old Miss by reports. It, and he obviously he put out pictures of himself in an Oklahoma uniform on his Insta and t- Twitter. Mm-hmm. He took a picture with Lane Kiffin at Old Miss, and he was at BYU yesterday. Yeah, so he was at um, OU on Monday and Tuesday. And then he was at BYU on Wednesday. And by all accounts, BYU was told, Jackson Dart told BYU he had not made a decision on where he was going to play football next season. Mm -hmm. And that BYU has just as much shot as anybody. I think Jackson Dart wants to play at BYU. There would be no, I mean, if you listen to what he has said to BYU, if you if you understand that BYU has told him, hey, we're not going to hand you the number one job, but you have every chance to be our starting quarterback. 
I don't know why you would not, why he would not want to play at home. I mean, this is a Corner Canyon alum. Yeah. And this kid is a stud. Yeah. Before he got hurt at, B, at, at USC last year, their fortunes were very different. And obviously now, you know, you're you're going to bring in Williams from Oklahoma to play quarterback at USC. You know, like, hey, I totally get it. Yeah. I, if Jackson Dart did the exact right thing, right? Jackson Dart should, should play at BYU. It makes all the sense in the world. And with all due respect, and I know that people get – and I don't know why people get upset when I say – Jaron Hall's an average quarterback. Yeah. Jaron Hall is a guy that is not an elite thrower and not an elite runner. He is a very good thrower and a very good runner. Jackson Dart is a cut above uh, uh, Jaron Hall. Jackson Dart has the talent to be the best quarterback in college football. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me that Jaron Hall has the ability, the talent to be the best quarterback in college football? But he's a dual threat. I'm telling you now that, that A, Jaron Hall showed no ability to be durable. By the way, Jackson Dart got hurt in his first game. Maybe he doesn't show any ability to be durable. We'll see. You know what Jaron Hall is. I think you have a pretty good idea that Jackson, Jackson Dart is a better quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think you have a pretty good idea that if Jackson Dart is under center for the BYU Cougars, they're a better football team. Well, and I think if you're Jackson Dart, you're looking at what's taken place over the last couple of seasons at BYU and you like what you see. And you also have an opportunity to play against OU, to play against Oklahoma State, to play in the Big 12, to be a reason that BYU has an opportunity to compete for a conference championship their first year. Mm -hmm. Like Everything aligns for Jackson Dart at BYU. My guess is he'd walk in and be handed the starting job at Oklahoma. Yeah. And probably Ole Miss as well. But I think Jackson Dart has, a, has that hometown ping for himself. Mm-hmm. I think he has those those pulling at the heartstrings to play at BYU. Because why else would he waste his time? He could he could have signed a letter yesterday at Oklahoma. Yep. He could have stayed at SC because gone to Ole Miss. So why come visit BYU? Because as I've said, they have a legitimate chance. They've made it very clear to Jackson Dart that they want him to be their starting quarterback and that they will give him the opportunity to do so. And I don't know, Jackson Dart has never said, to, from my understanding, Jackson Dart has never said to anybody, you need to guarantee me I'm the number one quarterback. Yeah. I don't, I, I've not heard from a single person that he said that. I don't take him to be that kind of guy. I think he wants based it. based on what we've seen, but. And I, I understand that Jaron Hall's your incumbent. But, but again, this goes back to Georgia Southern. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be nice or do you want to win games? Do you want to just win enough or do you want to compete for a conference championship? Do you want a seat at the table or do you just want a chance to have a seat at the table? Yeah. Because it's time to get on with getting on. BYU has a nice guy problem. And until BYU shows that they're not just trying to be a nice guy and get along. Yeah. They're going to be the nice guy on the block that Georgia Southern punched in the face and nobody retaliated. Facts. Jackson Dart should be your starting quarterback when fall camp rolls around. Plain and simple. I mean, it, it is. I mean, I, you know, said it better myself. You know, it is what it is. Jeremy Bolton says that's it. Jaron Hall's an average quarterback. Blasphemy. Though I'd love to have Dart come in. It'll make everyone better. And if he wins the spot, then he deserves the starting spot. I agree. Jackson Dart's a better quarterback than Jaron Hall. Yeah, he's a better quarterback. He is more dynamic than than Jaron Hall is. And 
you know what? I, I'm hoping I'm hoping they compete. That's better for BYU football. If Jaron Hall and Jackson Dart have to, to fight tooth and nail to win the job, that's better for BYU football. I'm a man. Plain and simple. Yeah. Chris Karn, good morning to you. Um, Dart is better than Hall. I love Jaron, and he's done a good job for BYU, but Dart is next level. Totally agree. Tanner Plummer, I've probably said this before, but I think the reason why people are so obsessed with Jaron Hall is because he broke the nine-game losing streak to Utah. It's basically Brigham Young reincarnate now. I guess. Take it easy. Quentin Moyer says Baylor Romney is underrated. Totally agree. I'm I'm interested to see where Jaren, where I wonder if Baylor Romney ever plays football again. Well, you know the guy we're not talking about, right? Jacob Conover. Where's he at? What? No, the question's going to be where is he going to be at? Because sure. if you're Jacob Conover, I I don't listen. Jacob Conover just doesn't seem to be BYU's guy. Pack your shit. Let's go. Like if I'm if I'm Jacob Conover, I'm if Jackson Dart shows up, I'm I'm putting my name in the portal. That's it, Skippy. Like I I, I don't know because he's never going to play. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah, BYU has always been good in get it and getting QBs. Limit Zio says. I don't know about all that. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> who's the last truly elite quarterback at BYU? Zach Wilson. Number two in the draft. He was pretty good. But I'm trying to think, like, who is, like, the last Heisman caliber? Have they ever had the best quarterback in college football in the modern era? No. They haven't. And I think that's the one thing that you have to get back to is BYU's got to, again, have the best talent at every skill position. And the wide receivers certainly have been – I mean, obviously with, with Tyler Algier, that was a freak show, though, a guy yep. that, you know, flipped, like – the recruiting has gotten much better with Kalani, and obviously the Big 12 is going to help that. Yeah. But Jackson Dart goes a long way because what the narrative will be if he comes to BYU and wins that job and everybody writes a fairy tale, well, you know what? Maybe we don't need to leave the state of Utah because Jackson Dart should have never left the state of Utah. Yeah. It's kind of a crime that he was at SC. That's what I'm saying, and I, I, he, he's Porter Gustin. He's, he's all these guys that wind up getting away from Utah and BYU. Mm -hmm. He's all these guys, and it would be nice to turn that around. Uh, Ty Detmer was not modern era, I don't think. But that's, I mean, I guess that's my opinion. opinion. Yeah. Okay. You know, Max right. Hall, I, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Max Hall was not the best quarterback in college football. You know. But, hey, that's me. Um, I think Quentin Meyer, Moyer, I think you're right. It's Zach Wilson. John Beck, yeah, John Beck was a very good quarterback. Very good quarterback. All right, so because we're on the clock here, damn, it's 8 o'clock already. Yeah. Um, wound up at uh, Urgent Care yesterday. What did you do this time? Uh, well, you know what? The funny thing is I, I, I fell snowboarding two weekends ago. Okay. In embarrassing fashion. Like I wasn't actually on a run. I was getting off a lift at the top of PCMR and fell and just hammered my knee. Damn. And it was bad. Like I like, and it didn't stop me from riding that day. Um, you know, I hopped right back on the T rice pro and it mm -hmm. was fine. Right. But my knee had been swollen and whatever. And I think I probably, and my doctor yesterday agreed, I probably broke a bursa sac in there. Final. So it just blows up and, but there was a lot of blood. And so I went, 
fine. I went snowboarding this past weekend as well. But when I took off my boot this past weekend, my leg had all this blood on it. Like, you know how if you break a blood vessel, you have all this blood at the mm -hmm. surface? And my leg was pretty swollen, and it's been swollen since. And it's gone down, and it's getting better. And But it just hasn't... It just hasn't gotten well enough. So I did, uh, I'm a U Health patient. So I did through their app, I did a telehealth appointment. And it's going to go into crisis lockdown mode here at the house. And the lady pretty much panicked me. She's like, hey, uh, well, what's your schedule look like for the rest of the day? And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty open. She said, you should be seen right now. If you can go over right now, I'd go over right now. We got you out of your routine today, but I'm proud to be here with you. I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> what is this now? And so I, she's telling me I could have a blood clot, and I'm like freaking out. Um, so I go to urgent care. They do an x-ray and an ultrasound. Yeah. And he's, the doctor's like, yeah, this is nothing. I think you probably broke a bursa sac in your knee. And it drained a lot of blood into that area. And then, you know, when you stand up, the blood runs down your leg and certainly snowboarding. And, and it turned out to be nothing. But there was, there was a nervous five minutes in there. You know. Where that lady on the telehealth call was like, you should go right now. I think that's HIPAA. You should go. You, can you come over? right? And when she said, she's like, well, can you come over right now? You're like, uh. I was like, well. I and, guess. And then she followed that up when I said, well, she's like, I would come over right now. Is that a real question? And she's like, let me check the urgent care waiting list. And she's like, there's nobody waiting there. They have a really short wait. You should come over. So I was kind of freaked out about that. Okay. So you get there. And what was it like? I mean, was oh, it, was it not it cool? like, like an like, urgent it... care at all. Okay. Like the, the, the U health and daybreak is beautiful. You essentially, it's like having a doctor visit. You go up, you go to the third floor. You say, Hey, I'm here for urgent care. They're like, yeah, hallway D, sit in the middle of the lobby right there, no problem. The, you come out, and they're like, hey, Tim, yep, that's me. You go in, you go into a waiting room, you go into a – Okay. Yeah, so it was good. Took my vitals. So what did they do? So the scan, so what was it like getting your leg scanned? It was weird. Okay. Like, it's they, – they just do some, like, ultrasound scanning, and you can kind of see it. The x-ray was brutal because I do have a bone spur on my knee. Oh, really? Um, that eventually I'm probably going to have to have shaved down. Um, and thankfully, the guy that I saw turned out to be an orthopedic specialist. It, he just was covering a shift at urgent care somehow, some way. I don't know. But he was telling me, hey, he's, I'm an orthopedic doctor. And so he was telling me, yeah, I, I think you're, you know, you have a little arthritis in your knee. I think you probably just, you know, banged it. He's like, but fortunately for you, um, you know, you have really strong calves and quads. Um, and he said, it looks like, you you know, your hamstrings are, are in pretty good shape. So that's that funny because we never do legs, never do <laughs> legs. Um, but we have been doing hamstrings and we, have, we yeah. did a bunch of quad work over the summer. And yeah. And he said, that's probably what saved you is you have strong, you know, supporting leg muscles saved you from what from a major knee injury. He's like, I'm really kind of surprised that he said, but the amount of blood that it looks like was involved in this. Because you can see in the, the scan that, like, there's cloudy fluid. He wanted to drain my knee. I was like, nah. He's like, it'll be probably five days. Um, this should be. Five you know, days of what? He, it's going to be stiff. He said it'll probably be a little stiff. He said, And I said, well, what should I do with it? He said, nothing. Actually, regular activity. I said, so I can snowboard. I can lift. I can do. You see, yeah, no problem at all. But, like, it, it, it's got some cloudy stuff in there and you can see on the x-ray yeah on the back of my knee there's a spot where i have arthritis there yeah my knee is not and this is your right knee 
Uh, right knee. Yeah. Right knee. Yeah. Left knee, I don't have an ACL. And he said they actually, for people, he, he made me feel old. It's like for people of your age, we don't recommend ACL reconstruction unless it impacts the quality of life. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, because it is in if you've it's torn an ACL, it is in the rehab is a brutal process. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Brylark says Monty always bursting his sack. <laughs> Quentin Moyer, Monty busted a nut too fat. His sack busted too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton says so. You broke your sack and it's going to be stiff. That's exactly right. Hey, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Tanner says, oh, gosh, Monty, uh, that's scary. I'm glad you're all right. Thanks. <laughs> James Knight says, did you just say you burst your sack, Monty? I did. Yeah! <laughs> Everybody on that sack line. Yep. 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 So yep. there you have well, it. Well, I'm glad you survived urgent care. Uh, I never want to go back. Yeah. It's kind never. of a stressful thing. But yeah, he also, you know, you know, he basically said, if you keep losing weight, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He said, you'll probably, you, he, he said, if you just take care of yourself, you'll you probably, because I said, am I going to eventually need knee replacement? He said, yeah, probably not. He said, if you take care of yourself and you lose weight and you stay in shape the way you are, you're going to be fine. Well, just keep so, lifting, dude. It's all I need to do. So, yeah. There you have it. Play the music because we got to go. Okay. We'll talk about voter rights tomorrow. Play the, wait, play the Mitch McConnell real quick. Okay. Just play the, this Mitch McConnell bite is terrible. African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. One more time. I'm going to play one more time. African-American voters are voting in just as high a percentage as Americans. Bro. <laughs> we'll talk about that tomorrow. Mitch, Let dude. that sink in. Dude. So African-Americans are not Americans. Yes, Americans. Mitch, what are you doing, bud? Now Bro. play the music. All right, we got to go. Um, good to see you. Please buy our shirt. We have seven left. Yes. DM me, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. They're $25. We when, have... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I'm by sorry. the way, tomorrow, major announcement on a new giveaway. It's what you guys have all asked for. Uh, and um, once we're out of these shirts, we're going to make a drop shirt. It's probably going to be shout out to Mo Bamba. Shout out to Mo Bamba or We Hate Rudy Gobert. Or your girlfriend commenting on your grandmother's post. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.